Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? It's the question that drives us, Neo. What is the Matrix? It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. You are a slave born into a prison. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You are a plague, and we are the cure. And welcome back to the Film Real Cast. It's episode 163, believe it or not. And we're back, another film, and this is Neil's choice. Neil, we're going to get straight into this, mate. How are you doing? I'm very well, Stu. Very well. Nice to hear your voice, as always. Oh, um, you're very kind. Well, you know, it's just the truth, isn't it? But, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to talk about The Matrix. The Matrix. This is your choice, isn't it? Tell us it about The Matrix and being your choice. I can't wait to find out. Well, basically, I wanted The Batman because I know it would rile you up. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> there's nowhere to watch it at the moment without having to pay, which I think finds a bit of a rip off. So this is another one of my films that I could watch over and over again. So I thought I'd talk about it. So The Matrix is basically a bit comic book like uh, based in the future where humans are used as um, electricity, basically, to conduits for the machines that have taken over the world. And it's the story of a bunch of people that are trying to um, break free of the Matrix, which is how they keep the people sane and alive. Do you know, that is very well explained. Um, (laughs) Yeah, again, as we do these podcasts and I watch them and I have to concentrate, I actually understood this film a lot more for the first time in a long time. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this, this film... Obviously, it came out in uh, 1999, and I was lucky enough to see this at the cinema when it came out. And I saw it uh, just before lockdown happened, the, the first lockdown. Um, the Odeon had this as a, like an anniversary film that they put out. Oh, nice. And again, I saw it at the cinema, and it was just brilliant. I mean, it's the, it was the first time I ever heard of the Wachowski brothers who um, wrote it, directed it. And considering... Like you've got Keanu Reeves, obviously, most people, obviously, apart from Paul, which I'm so gutted that he's not on this podcast. He's the only person on planet Earth who hasn't seen <laughs> The Matrix. And he had watched it for this, but he's tied up at the moment. He's committed at work and he can't be on here. So it would have been really nice just to to find out his point of view. But Keanu Reeves, you know, he's kind of, I think it depends on what generation you're from. Bear in mind, I kind of, I'm on the older side of the generation that, I think he's done really well to shake off that Neo because this film, in my opinion, The Matrix, brilliant. And then was it The Matrix Reloaded? And then The Matrix was it Revolution? Revolution, Revolution or Revolution? Something like so that. So confusing. And it got worse, in my opinion. But he's done really well to shake off the like the negativity of the later films and to kind of reinvent himself. Mm. Especially with like John Wick, uh, it must oh, yeah. have been a massive kind of saviour to him to bring his career around again. I think he's, he's had a diverse career, isn't he? In the sense of he did Bill and Ted, which is 
you know, I watched that not so long ago and <laughs> he just plays an idiot and it's it's fantastic. But then he does this and he's done other films, like you say, like um like John Wick and stuff. And I guess he's just a likable guy, isn't he, Keanu? Yeah, in real life, he comes across as, I know obviously it's very hard but to, to know the truth, but he comes across yeah. as a really nice guy and yeah. his career is so diverse. And when you think that, as you said, he'd done um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and then he went on, played Johnny Utah in Point Break. That's it. That's which was brilliant. Absolutely cracking film. His acting is a bit cardboard, but it's a really good action film. Then he went back mm. to the, their bogus journey and he, I, I think he kind of got lost a little bit along the way. And then it recovered in 94 with Speed, which, which launched him into a Speed. massive action star. And yeah. then he chose Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, that may be someone's favourite film out there, and I apologise if it is, but it's really, really weird. I mean, Chain Reaction, The Devil's Advocate, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I don't know whether kind of... His his kind of acting's brilliant, or he plays off Al Pacino in that, who is absolutely fantastic as the devil. And that's when the Matrix comes in, and it was absolutely brilliant. And it, but he's not frightened to take very strange roles in budget movies, is he? Which I do like about that. Yeah, I think he's the type of person that reads the scripts, and if he likes it, he goes with it, doesn't he? He's yeah, he's, yeah. He's one of those he won't just wait for like the big movie, if you like. And he's probably chosen a few that have ended up being a lot bigger than you'd think they would have been, such as Bill and Ted and stuff like that. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's interesting because apparently Will Smith and Nicolas Cage both turned down this, ro- uh, this role. Oh, really? Prior to um, him getting it. So it might not have been him at all, but... Um, Will Smith apparently said no to make Wild Wild West. What what a, what a choice! Fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine that? That is just. I bet it's one of those quotes where he looks back and he doesn't regret it, but deep down he must do. Yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> it was the right West. choice at the time. <laughs> He's such a strange guy, and he Will Smith, bless him. But um, oh, and uh, yeah, Nicholas Cage apparently turned it down and says he's had no regrets. In relation <laughs> to it, which again I can't believe in the slightest, yeah, considering his film career that. of late. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing because you've got like the likes of Lawrence Fishburne, obviously plays a famous Morpheus, mm. and he's another guy who I really do rate as an actor. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, and the first time I came across him really was in 1990 uh, when it was Jimmy Jump in The King of New York. He's yes. absolutely fantastic in there. And he, again, I never thought he got the recognition. Like, I do believe he's an Oscar winner. Um, but he later went on kind of in Othello. And then he got The Matrix. So he's in Hoodlum as well at an Event Horizon, which we've also done a, a podcast, which is available on um, our library and on uh, YouTube as well. Don't forget but, he was in Red Heat as well. Oh, of course he was in Red <laughs> Heat. Another one we've covered. Because I was looking... I thought, is this the first time? I couldn't remember if we've covered uh, Lawrence Fishburne before. And yeah, yeah. You, you've kind of solved that. And yeah, he's had an up and down careers. Some good bits, some bad bits. I mean, he played uh, Perry White in Batman versus Superman. Yeah. 
which I think was a controversial decision because the film's just so terrible. It's but, bloody awful. Yeah, but then again, he's. I love the fact that he's followed the path of Keanu, that he's entered the world of John Wick, where he's the Bowery King in mm-hmm. Palabellum. So it's quite interesting the way he's gone. But again, he's another actor who's really engaging. And again, Carrie Ann Moss, who plays Trinity. And this was the first time, I don't know about you, that... I came across Hugo Weaven, who plays the famous Agent Smith, who's got one of the most quotable lines every time he speaks in this <laughs> film. He's so good, isn't he? Hugo oh, he is. Amazing. Oh, he is. He's a fantastic actor. He really is. And he just, he plays the role of Agent Smith so well, doesn't he? he yeah. Yeah. I, I, you can't imagine anyone else. It's no. one of those Robert Downey Jr. roles. Uh, and mm. even Chris Evans, and you, the list is endless, really. Of you can't imagine anyone else, even if they remade this film, I couldn't imagine anyone else doing a no. good a job in the screen presence as Hugo Weaving. I completely agree. Just going back to Keanu and Lawrence Fishburne, they these two, they never age, do they? Mm. If if you look at them in recent films, and they just don't ever seem to age. I don't know what products they use, but I need no. me some of them. I know it's quite. It's so true, though, isn't it? <laughs> quite incredible. <laughs> and so even at the age that Keanu's at, kicking people's ass, and the the stunt work and why work he's doing, oh. it's so so good. I mean, I struggle to pick a penny up on the floor now, and <laughs> you know what I mean. But not that I'm in shape anyway. Or I'm a, the wrong shape, but but yeah. And you've got the other kind of. I like um, old Joey Pants in this as Cipher. He really, really makes me laugh. He always plays. He was the the police captain in um, Bad Boys, wasn't he? Yeah. And he's like the very shouty, very kind of speaks through the nose. And he plays Cypher, who unsurprisingly, and again, we're going to spoil this film for those who haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, you deserve to have it spoiled anyway. Yes. But he plays Cypher. Um, then you've got the other token gesture characters, such as Mouse, Tank, Apoc and Switch. Uh, and obviously Dozer as well. Um, and you've got the Oracle played by Gloria Foster. And I never... Carrie Ann Moss, who plays Trinity, who's like the... Uh, kind of who Keanu Reeves' Neo falls in love with. We were talking about this beforehand, and I, I was speaking to my wife about this, and he said she, she is strangely good-looking, isn't she? And I don't know it's because she kicks people's asses, and she just wearing like PVC, which is always a turn on, but she's just great in this film, isn't she? <laughs> she is fantastic in this film, to be honest. I don't think, not you know, playing devil's advocate, I don't think there's really any poor acting performances in this film. I've got to be honest, but she does play Trinity very well. That sort of hard nosed, doesn't let anything go, kicks everyone's asses, and then as her character develops. But yeah, no, she's fantastic in it. And plus, like you say, she does look her bottom does look incredible in PVC. So. Yes, oh, without a doubt. And the only thing, other thing I've seen her in, and I don't know if it's because she's done more, obviously apart from the Matrix, obviously, but whether she's done more off the grid things, is when she was in Memento in mm. uh, 2000, and she's in that along with what's his name, um, Guy Pierce. Oh, that was one okay. of yeah, that was one of Christopher Nolan's earlier projects. Well, I say earlier, it was in 2000, but. And unsurprising being Christopher Nolan, it's all to do with flicking back and forth in time. Funny that. that. Uh, yeah, it's a really, really good film, but it's rather confusing. But 
this was massively groundbreaking. And I remember the phones they have in this, the Nokia 8110. I had one of those phones and it was just so good. Honestly, it was, it was quite awkward because it was quite a long banana phone. But <laughs> it was just absolutely brilliant. It was such a cool phone to have when so, it flipped open. So dis- uh, so frustrated I never got to have one of those. I just couldn't afford it being only 18 when this came out. I was just... And mobile phones were ridiculously expensive. Yeah. As they are be. now. But then it yeah. was something else, wasn't it? But, oh dear. You can buy them on eBay. They do digital versions of these phones really? now. Really? Oh, that's it. I'm buying one. That's it. Yeah. So that's you it. can relive your childhood and uh, go and get one. Dress in leather and flip my phone. <laughs> you had me at dressing in leather, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> didn't need any more did not whatsoever but this film is so groundbreaking with the special effects and the choreography that there's so many other films i think they said there's 22 films who have taken bits of this film um and either kind of taken the piss out of it or used um the same kind of stunt coordination which is a real kind of tip of the hat uh just how good in 1999 and how ahead of its time this was i mean the wire work i mean which you instantly see at the start of this where you don't know what's going on you see carrie ann moss um in uh, like this building she's got a back to these police officers who walk in and you see the agents there and you again you don't know who's good who's bad at the time and she's got a back to them and the police go and arrest her and she just she kicks major ass doesn't she oh yeah it's it's fantastic isn't it because they go in there and say oh you know um because they agent smith's there isn't he who we don't yeah. really know yet like you say and they said oh you know so it's the police captain you know have you got her and he's like yeah we i'm sure we can take care of one little girl or whatever like that and he goes your your officers are already dead yeah he? and um so it already paves the way of how much of a badass she is and yeah she just absolutely kicks their asses yeah and that's fantastic it is it's just brilliant because where she jumps in the air and she freezes and anything i can take this back to is when they do it in shrek where princess fiona does it (laughs) (laughs) she's how sad i am and how many times i've seen shrek but it was groundbreaking because this looks like from the off it looks like the real world and you think how can this woman jump in Mm -hmm. the air and hang in the air for that long they 360 around her and then she just runs up the side of the wall while she's just kicking everyone's ass and you just don't know how this is possible and it's one of the most engaging starts to any kind of film that i can remember for a a long long time and i'll probably say that every week when we watch one of these films (laughs) because if we watch such good films a lot of the time and again it's kind of like nonsense because she's like the agents are here and i need to get away and have a really good chase and she's obviously being chased across the rooftops and again you don't know if the agents are good whether she's dressed in black whether she's good or bad but you immediately you get a general sense that these agents are just baddies because they seem to have like the same superpowers as she's got she's jumping 10 foot over buildings or across them yeah and they're matching her so you you kind of get the, the hint that something is wrong don't you yeah yeah they don't 
I think it's just their whole sort of persona. So like they have no expression at all, do they? No. Well, she's got a lot of expression when she's jumping through the building. She has to talk to herself to get up because she's so scared of these these guys in suits and dark glasses. So I think, yeah, you're right. At the beginning, you're like, oh, what's going on? But you can quite quickly cotton on that they're the bad guys. Yeah, when they smash into that telephone box because she's on the telephone, again, you it's not difficult to follow, even though you don't know what's going on and why they're doing it. It's mm. not hard to follow. And, I mean, I take it, because it does go to Keanu Reeves, who's in, he looks like, when it says kind of planet Earth, it, it seems a bit strange to say that, but if you've seen this film, you, you kind of know what we mean. He's in his, his room or his bedroom. And I take it, he's a hacker, and he's... And his nickname is uh, Neo. His hacking name's Neo. And it, is he hacking secrets from other like corporations, or what is he actually doing? Because someone comes to his room, and rather than sell drugs, he's selling kind of discs or hard drives. Yeah, I think he is a hacker, and he sells program. I don't quite understand what he sells. He obviously sells some sort of software. God knows what it's about. Maybe it's illegal downloading music or whatever. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, but yeah, I think what he's actually doing is searching for Morpheus. So he's obviously got this feeling that something isn't right. And yeah. there's been these sightings of Morpheus and there's news clips and stuff from, I think it's in a, a foreign language. I couldn't tell you which one and stuff. So he's clearly onto this thing about the Matrix. Oh, is that and what it is? Is those? Yeah. Oh, so those newspaper articles that flash up, that's Morpheus they're looking for. Yeah, so there's a picture of Morpheus on there. So he's been spotted and photographed, and he's seen as some sort of messiah, if you like, who's quoting the, about the Matrix and the fact that, we, that people aren't living in the real world and stuff like that. So, right. yeah, so he's a Neo or uh, is basically searching for him to try and find who he is and find out more about him. Well, blow my old socks off. That is the <laughs> first time I've seen Morpheus on that screen on the computer. <laughs> All I saw was the foreign, like the Turkish writing. Then yeah. my brain just switched off because it went, oh, I can't understand that. There's no point looking at it. <laughs> Did not realise that. <laughs> Every week I learn something new. Oh, this is why I love you, Stu. I love it. It's just it's like, yeah, that looks, yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, I just thought that was random screensavers popping up on his computer or something. I didn't realise it was a, uh, it was no. Morpheus. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but he does get a message to follow the white rabbit, and yes. which refers to uh, a couple who knock on his front door and he gives them that disk drive. And I mean, she's rather attractive as well in a very kind of gothy, mm. utopian kind of way. And she's got the white rabbit tattoo. And when she goes there, he goes to the nightclub and he bumps into Trinity. And again, it's a warning from Trinity that people were after him and that they know who he is. And she's a hacker as well. And it's still rather vague as to his special superpowers. But what I did like was when they show him next at work and he works in a bank. That his boss, the way his boss is speaking to him, it's just like Agent Smith, isn't it? Oh, yeah. He's, he's a dick. I yeah. just have to very quickly say, the soundtrack for this film is fantastic. Oh, I love, I love the soundtrack. It, when they're in a the club and Prodigy's on and a bit of Rob Zombie and stuff, I just, oh, it's so good. 
I just had to mention that because I, I love it. But yeah, it no, going to, going to the office, yeah, he's getting a telling off, isn't it, from his boss because he's woken up late because he's had work. He went out on the piss last night. Yeah. And the way yeah. his boss calls him Mr. Anderson, it, it does sound like a nod to to Agent Smith. I don't know. I, I just don't know whether they did that on purpose or or I not. But... I don't know. But yeah, you are right. It is like a sort of nod to Mr. Smith, isn't it? You have a problem with authority, Mr. Anderson. You believe that you are special, that somehow the rules do not apply to you. Obviously, you are mistaken. This company is one of the top software companies in the world because every single employee understands that they are part of a whole. Thus, if an employee has a problem, the company has a problem. Yes. Agent Smith. And then, and I wondered whether, because when he's in his, it's like those horrible cubicles that you see in these films where everyone's just sat in like a, a five, five by five cubicle and there's a computer there and you don't see daylight all day until you leave yeah. home. And he's given a uh, another mobile phone. He's, luckily enough, he's given an 8110 by a courier. And it's Morpheus. And he's told to get out of the office because people are looking for him. Again, you see these agents in the office trying to find him. And what's spooky to Neo is that they, even though he's not there, they tell him where to go and how to dodge yeah. his agents. It's which clever, is great. It? It's, it's really, clever. really good. And yeah. if I was in that situation, I don't know what I'd do. Would you trust this invisible voice on the phone i think knowing that i was a hacker and looking up and seeing a couple of guys in suits and glasses looking like some sort of fbi i probably would do because you don't know i suspect he's probably stolen all sorts of stuff if he's a hacker and he's probably looking at life in prison or what have you so yeah i probably would have done to be honest what's the worst that's going to happen well, yeah, that's very true. And they do advise him to, to unbelievably escape walking out the ledge of this building. And you're on about the 50th floor. I hate heights. There's no way I would have done this, even if people were no. after me. I've got to be honest. No, I would have done exactly what he did in turn and said, no, thanks very much. I'd rather give myself in than fucking yeah. fall off that. It's awful, isn't it? Oh, when the yeah. phone falls, he drops the phone, doesn't he? And he just... It's quite cool. The little first bit slow motion, then it just falls down. It's um, it's good. Where do you but... kind of stand on the special effects? Do you? I, I find, and it's understandable. I mean, bear in mind, I did push the special effects from groundbreaking. That I find the only thing in this film that dates it are the special effects. Um, some of them. I, I watched it again today. Obviously, I've seen this film loads of times, but I watched it again today to do the podcast and I sat there and I thought you know what even though this is made 22 years ago now it really does still stand up mm. at no point did I turn around and say oh that looks shit oh but no it has aged if you see what I mean but for the at the time it was it was brilliant yeah oh, I completely agree yeah, yeah. It's, it's noticeable that they're different but the film is that good at certain points when they're bad, it can carry the film, can't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, yeah, it, the special effects side, even though it has aged, doesn't bother me in the slightest. I don't think it, that, it doesn't, it doesn't taint it for me watching it back, if you see what I mean. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. 
And this leads to one of the first kind of memorable scenes in the film for me. It's when they've got um, Morpheus. So they've got sorry Neo, and they're interviewing him. And that's when you first realise that all isn't right. And it, I love the interviewing technique. I love the body language and <laughs> just the way it's done with Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith. He sits there the way he unwinds the string from the folder with yeah. such purpose and and if you can do that with menace he manages to do that with menace and the questioning is just outstanding it's so good and the good thing is and, and it's strange that there he doesn't have any kind of pitch in his voice it's very just monotone mm-hmm. but it's very precise and very scary at the same time isn't it oh yeah it is i mean if you were interviewed by him it must have been he'd sit there going i don't know what angle he's got here because he's just monotone isn't he He says all about the nice stuff about helping his landlady with everything and then he just goes and you're a hacker that goes by the name of neo and all these sort of stuff and you know must be so odd because there's just nothing there is there at all in the sense of men it's menacing but without being menacing but maybe it's the like they say that the way he's looking, the fact that he's got the glasses on, and he's just showing no emotion whatsoever. No, Very completely. Unknown. Yeah, and he knows all about uh, Morpheus, and he, from his point of view, he's describing Morpheus as a really dangerous man, kind of like a terrorist, mm. um, and is one of the most dangerous men on the planet who must be stopped. Yeah. Um, and they're willing to overlook all of his hacking offences. And unsurprisingly, Keanu Reeves comes across very cocky and cocksure because he believes that these are just normal police officers or agents yeah, and they've got fantastic. nothing on him. Yeah. And it's just, I think he makes this so quotable, Hugo Weaving does with Mr. Anderson. And there's so many times when you kind of, you see something again and again. And even I now still say there's a glitch in the Matrix when you see like the scene when you have a cat go past and you see it go past again because <laughs> yeah. it is yeah and just mr anderson the way he says it and when he turns around and the way he says oh, i've got no more rights i want a phone call and he says tell me mr anderson what use is a phone call when you're unable to speak it seems that you've been living two lives In one life, you're Thomas A. Anderson, program writer for a respectable software company. You have a social security number, you pay your taxes, and you help your landlady carry out her garbage. The other life is lived in computers, where you go by the hacker alias Neo and are guilty of virtually every computer crime we have a law for oh yeah and i mean the special effects for that are a bit uh, a bit poor to be honest now but the way at the time when uh, um god keanu reeves mouth just heals over and he's trying to open his mouth and his skin stretches over his mouth and the look of terror on his face and the facts all the agents are calm they don't yeah. really break character, and I love that. Well, that's the thing. No, oh, that's, imagine how freaked out you'd be if all of a sudden he said, "What if you can't speak?" And you think, "Oh, what is he going to do? 
you know, gag me or something like that. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you can't even open your mouth because it's grown over the skin. And yeah, like you say, they just don't react. They react in the sense that they grab him and hold him down. But th- again, their facial expressions do not change, do they? No. And we don't know who these guys are at the moment, do we? No, but and you wonder the what day. the hell's going on because yeah. you'd think this is their kind of present day, possibly, or maybe a, a couple of years into the future on planet Earth, but they're able to have the technology with this kind of robot shrimp that they implant into his belly Oof. button, which is disgusting. Freaky. And it is, and the special effects, to a certain degree, still hold. Oh, um, yeah. And it's great, and he wakes up, and obviously it's that, was that real, or was that a dream? Yeah. Kind of tropey <laughs> yeah. scenario, which thankfully they don't dwell on, because I think if they would have dwelled on that for too long... It would have been terrible, but you instantly meet Trinity again, and this time she's not alone. Um, she's with the Token Gesture cast, who's <laughs> yeah, bless uh, them. well, yeah, bless them. And uh, to be honest, if you went through this list and you said, right, which ones are going to die, and what order, I reckon you'd be able to say Mouse Switch, and I think was it Tank, and Apoc. And then you'd say Cypher. Yeah. I reckon you'd name all of those without a doubt that they die. But he meets um, Apoc and Switch and Trinity who are in the car. And they take this thing out of his belly button. And That's they use gross. this kind of... It's like one of those penis enlargers. Not that I know I've got one <laughs> and know what it's like. It's but, yeah. <laughs> but they put like a penis enlarger on his belly button. It's not mine, and, baby. <laughs> yeah, Apoc gets it out of his bag. <laughs> Just use this; it might work. I don't know what it is. Looks like a penis enlarger. He'll be looking for it the next day because they've taken it. <laughs> yeah, when you look at that device, they get uh, get that thing out of his stomach. It's got Apoc written on the side. <laughs> Pleasure pumps. Oh dear! But they get it out of his belly button. And it's really gross because it's it is like a shrimp, isn't it? But oh. first of all, it's alive. Then it's a robot. And when it's alive, they throw it out the window of the car. And then it turns into a robot. And you're still thinking, how the hell can this happen? It just can't be real. You just don't know what's going on. But at least by this time, you've got the sides of it of who's good and who's bad. Unless, and even I work this out. And my track record even you did. That's right. Yeah, my track record <laughs> of working figs out is pretty poor. But Lawrence Fishburne, as we said earlier, is such a dude in this, isn't he? When you first meet him with those sunglasses, that long dark trench coat with the the shirt and tie, and with his hands behind his back, he's walking like a god, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's definitely got some swagger, that man. Um, apparently. Um, there was potential other people that were Russell Crowe, Sean Connery, and Samuel L. Jackson all could have been Morpheus. You're joking. No, apparently they were considered for the role. Jesus, Samuel Jackson has surprised me. I think every time you look at someone on IMDb, it's got Samuel Jackson was going to take this. He was considered for it. He was considered for Neo and Morpheus. He was considered for every character on the roster. 
Um, but apparently Sean Connery turned it down because he didn't understand the script and he also turned down Lord of the Rings for that reason. Oh, seriously? Yeah, that's what it's that's what I've read. So Blimey. Mind you, I can't um, take the piss out of anyone for not understanding this script, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's you know in this um in this film where He's out on one of the training levels, and it's that really busy street, and you've got the lady in red who mouse created, who he obviously yeah. has cyber sex with, and it's really, really busy. And Keanu Reeves is bumping into all of these people, and Morpheus is walking with his hands behind his back and not getting hit by anyone. I remember yeah. when I was out with my mates, and we were out on like a pub crawl, getting all pissed up, that we, whilst we were really, really drunk, we tried to do that. <laughs> to see if you could have walked down like it was like Wimbledon High Street where it's just really really busy just like and dodge everyone but being really pissed up and trying to do that it it didn't work very well but I bet it didn't yeah every time... get knocked out <laughs> it was about 15 of us we had we oh, had numbers on our side thankfully oh, fair enough that's all but yeah so every time I see Morpheus do that I just think wow that's pretty cool and this is where as an audience and as someone like me, who watched this film three times, then watch it with subtitles on, he tells you, I will say what The Matrix is. And I actually understood it, as you said earlier, that, that the human beings are used as batteries and that machines are taken over. But what I don't understand is that the human beings live in kind of like 2720 equivalent of, don't they, in the future. And yeah. Zion is um their their kind of hometown which is being threatened by the sentinels who yes. go around destroying everything don't they yeah but if the humans kind of if everything in the matrix is immaterial which is demonstrated um when cypher goes to meet um hugo weefin and he's having steak and he's saying this steak isn't real he goes i know it's not real but it tastes good yeah. So what is the point of the Matrix? Why when these people, why don't they just not go into the Matrix because they live in in the real world because they can't bring anything back from the Matrix into the real world? Is it they so just why, want to, is it they want to free the humans? Yeah. So basically the Matrix is a program that's been created by the the um robots to keep the humans alive whilst they're in stasis in these pods and using them for electricity because it is explained later on in the film isn't it that they had a separate matrix before which was like this perfect world but everybody died is that what the architect created uh basically yeah there was there was the original one and then they they made a second one so the first one no one survived because no one likes being happy apparently um, very true uh, you know things going wrong and strife is sort of what keeps us going i suppose and against conflict and stuff like yeah. that um so that's what it's for i guess the reason they need to go into the matrix is because that's somewhere where they can communicate with other programs that are helping them if you right. see what i mean so the oracle yeah. is a program it's not a person it's a computer program that's in there and it's really old it gets explained a bit more in the other films when you go on from this one 
a little bit more and sort of it gets pieced together a little bit, though it is extremely confusing. Yeah, so, that's just what I find confusing. I, I kind of finally learned about the Matrix today, as in being the computer program, but I couldn't see what they were getting from the Matrix, whether it was they want to stop the harvesting of human beings, which I understand, hmm. and if they do that and topple the machines, but I didn't understand why the machines, what was the point of their existence? Because obviously they're, they're getting the power from the human beings and yeah. the dead human beings are getting mashed up and fed to the human beings who are batteries, yeah. aren't they? But yes. I don't know what the machines are trying to, what their end goal is. That's what I can't understand, what they're, tr- what they're there for, their existence. Well, the machines? Yeah. Well, the machines are just, they, they're just like the sentient beings, aren't they now? Because they, it's artificial intelligence. So they've basically just taken over the planet. So they're surviving and evolving as a race like the humans did. And it's just, according to them, it's their time. So, right. you know, as it's explained a little bit, like, or as he explains during this part, you know, initially it was all sort of solar panels and stuff like that. So the human race set the atmosphere on a light, so to speak, and darkened everything so they couldn't get solar power, thinking that would end it. And then the machines thought, oh, you know what? What produces the most electricity? Blah, blah, blah. Humans. And they sort of go into it a bit more in depth of how they are a battery. Um, That's a legend. That is brilliant. Do you know what? You are going to get, and you've got, a round of applause for that. <laughs> superb legend thanking you very much and i know i bombarded you with questions for that but that's all right i don't mind and so morpheus takes the red pill the blue pill is viagra do you want a boner or do you want to go into the matrix those were his options uh, so he decides to go into the matrix and it's great no, he, because he's decided to leave the matrix oh sorry leave the matrix again i say i understand this but i fucking clearly don't because they're in the matrix at the moment so they right. are all the humans that are basically in those jelly sacks are unconscious and in the matrix so living their life that they think they're living when actually they are just in a sack of gloop being fed dead humans and being used as batteries so another round of applause to you <laughs> so basically <laughs> he's explaining the fact that real life is outside of it which is zion which is their last city which is thousands of miles underground near the earth's core and is a secret and not even the robots know where it is and they're trying to find it Right. All so, I, I do know is that he shaved all his body hair off for this part. That's the only fact <laughs> I actually do know that's right. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm all over this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he wakes up um, from this kind of egg sack and his robots there. And thankfully, he's no use anymore. And rather than just kill him, they flush him down the toilet equivalent of and he comes out and you've got the Ebuchadnezzar, which is the spaceship piloted by Morpheus and the rest of the crew, including a token gestures mm. uh, who will die at some point. And they pick Neo up. And as you said, that's his escape from the Matrix into real world. And 
everyone is dressed in rags and they've lost their kind of their outfits that make them look so cool and it's just the real world and i think it's great that they remembered to bear in mind that neo's been in his sack for for years since a baby and that his muscles need to generate again and that would have been such a massive point if he would have got out of that sack and been up and running because it oh, would have just it would have been one of those things where please give it some thought and tip of a hat to them because i actually did that definitely yeah it's it's good attention to detail isn't it saying yeah. he's never used any of his muscles before the only muscle he's used is his brain and obviously yeah. his organs but he's never used his limbs or anything so it's surprising he looks like the way he does to be honest yeah he's not you think... like fat bastard <clears throat> from austin powers <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would have been great uh, and i love the fact he's got that plug in the back of his head and the special effects it looks so good and he's got all of these plugs up and down his arms where mm. the the robots i take it were generating the power out of um neo for to produce their electricity and that's when you're introduced um to the rest of the crew and that's when he works out that it's all a computer program and they've got different kind of modules they can put them in to train and again, Neo explains really, really well. And I felt like it was when you get sex education at school, you get some really weird character who explains it in quite a quirky way, but you actually understand it. And when Neo's um, being spoken to by Morpheus, I kind of got it. Yeah. Where he's got the TV and the two chairs there. And it looks like so stylish. It's done so well. And he explains, as you said earlier, um, so rightly so that the humans destroyed everything that they had that was good and out of it uh, the matrix was born and the computer program or have i got that wrong as well well no the the, the robots were made and then took over the planet thing because they were they created artificial intelligence and basically the artificial intelligent robots turned around and said well we don't need to do what you ask us to do humans because we're our own people now we're our own beings that's so like terminator in a way isn't pretty it pretty much it's skynet it is similar to skynet yes but fantastic yeah they harvest humans for electricity rather than um i don't know what they do in skynet i think they just kill them all and it, I mean, it's a brilliant concept and it looks really war of the worlds doesn't it when you hmm. see all of these robots and all of these like human farms with babies with tubes in their arms and stomach and in their mouth in these jelly sacks it looks kind of a terrifying glimpse of like the future of what could happen because obviously we we do yeah because we do destroy everything and Mm. wipe out everything in existence um and from there that they all keep hinting that there's something special about um keanu reeves about neo and he doesn't really know and he keeps getting those looks and everyone's like oh my god you're here i can't believe it yeah and it must be nice to feel quite special but you don't know why and it, it's kind of like what's going on and <laughs> the, you get some really really good and i love the fact that when you do this like as a child you think brilliant they've got such an imagination they've got the freedom to do whatever they want mm-hmm. And I think it's such a good idea when I think it's um, might be a tank. I think it's tank comes in and says to him, 
um, or my, I don't know if it's Tank or Dozer, I can't remember now. Um, the younger one, no, it's Tank. Tank, yeah, Tank. Yeah, yeah where Tank comes in and he says, look, look, we've got these programs and we can teach you to do Kung Fu. And it's great when he does it and he goes, I know Kung Fu. Yeah. And then Morpheus is there and he goes, show me. And then they're yeah. in this dojo, which looks like in China, and they're both wearing these geese and traditional outfits. And it's such a, and it's intentional, like the the nod to Bruce Lee and his oh, kind yeah. of fight scenes. But this scene is just, again, it broke so many rules. When you've got like the waifu work in Crouching Tiger, this is exactly the same. They push the limits, don't they? Oh, they do. And it's fantastic because it, it's it's really clever in the sense that obviously he didn't know Kung Fu before. And now he's a Kung Fu master. And but it's it's, it's that trying to explain because they're fighting, but then Morpheus is trying to explain to him that, you know, this is a computer. It can be bent and broken. It isn't real. And it's yeah. him teaching him. And you slowly see that he starts believing it and doing that running up the wall and stuff like that and he gets his ass kicked oh yeah the majority of it doesn't he but it's just it's it's brilliant the way they filmed it and the way they've done it and how they try to explain you know about the fact that this is just a computer program it is fantastic you know like you said it's groundbreaking it was the first time anything like this has ever been done or that i can remember anyway yeah because the guy who did a choreography for this thought the idea was just so bizarre that mm. he tr- didn't he try to price himself out of actually doing it and the Wachowski <laughs> brothers were like yeah we'll, we'll agree to do it and then he kind of said okay as long as I can bring my own people in and then we'll train um the, the people in this for a certain period of time which was such a long time and they were like yep okay we'll do that as well and they ended yeah. up making an absolute mint out of this um, and he he wanted ultimate control and in their wisdom, they actually gave the guy, I can't remember his name, ultimate control. Uh, and what he done was brilliant. And this, what's good is the way it's shot, when you get the 360 of the camera goes all the way around them whilst they're mm. fighting. And then it goes to POVs and then it goes back into the Ebuchadnezzar where you see Morpheus um, and Neo, especially Neo laying in his chair when he's getting a good old hiding. But it's great that He's explaining to him, he says, why do you think I'm better? And he says, well, it's because you're stronger. He goes, it's not. It's because, as you said, it's a computer game and it can be bent. The rules can, the gravity can. And you get the shots of him running up that beam and Morpheus hanging in the air, just like Trinity did. It's just so good. And there there wasn't anything like this beforehand, was there? No, no. And that's the thing, it's just... I remember watching this for the first time, just thinking, "This is so cool." Yeah, it's just, it's just cool. There's just, yeah, it, you just watch it in awe of everything they put together. Like you say, all the shots they did, and he stops and he's explaining it to him, but he does it in such a simple way, doesn't he? How did I beat you? too fast do you believe that my being stronger or faster has anything to do with my muscles in this place you think that's air you're breathing now 
are you waiting for? You're faster than this. Don't think you are. Know you are. Yeah. You know, the acting from Fishburne in this is absolutely fucking brilliant, as far as I'm concerned. He's just so relaxed and cool about everything, and the way he explains it is just brilliant. Yeah, it, it's so cool because you've got Keanu Reeves out of breath, sweating, and a mess. Morpheus hasn't broken a sweat, a bead of sweat on his head, and no. he's not out of breath at all. And they've been going for it. And then they load the famous jump um, <laughs> scenario across the building. And when I first watched this, I honestly thought that Neo was going to make that jump. And it's very similar to like Spider-Man, mm. where he's testing his powers from one building yeah. to another. And Morpheus jumps across his building because he understands the rules and can make the rules work for him. Did you think Neo was going to jump across his building? Uh, I Part of me thought he would. Because obviously it was set up that he's this special guy, or you know, Morpheus keeps sort of talking about the fact that he's found him and all this sort of stuff. But the way he sort of lines up to do the run up, and he's clearly thinking about it far too much. I'm glad that he didn't do it. Yeah. I'm glad it went the way it did, where he just falls flat on his face. Which. Yeah. If it was him, oh no, I know this is all absolute make believe, but. Could you imagine falling all that way thinking, I'm fucking dead. I'm dead. Yeah. Uh, and then you're not, which is a huge relief. But yeah, what did you think he was going to make it then? I did. The first time I saw <laughs> this, I because they kept on about he was the one and there, yeah. and he lost that fight. And it either hang on the edge, and because they kept saying, no one's ever done this. This is like the test. I thought he was going to do it. And <laughs> and it would be a, just a hint that possibly he is the one, but I'm glad he didn't. And no. again, you get the like the Sentinels in this as well, which track down the Ebenezer outside of the Matrix um, for like the electromagnetic pulses um, that come out of the like, the spaceship, and they're constantly having to avoid it. Just like the agents, they say, if you see an agent, no one's ever fought an agent. You run. That's all you do. Run yeah. and hide. Run. Uh, yeah, and they get onto the scene where. Because they go on about Neo being the one that they meet the um, or before that, sorry, you then see Cypher with um, you see Jerry Pants. I can never pronounce his surname. Honestly, it's another one of those where it's like Jerry <laughs> Pantalonano, something like that. So I just call him Jerry. Lani, Lani, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Pants. Jerry Pantalonis, yeah. And it's no surprise out of all of them. That he is the snake, isn't it? He's selling everyone out. But he's so good at doing it. He's such a slimy character, isn't he? Oh, he is. He's, he's such a good bad guy, isn't he? Sort yeah. of like slimy character in a sense. And I suppose his look does help, doesn't it? He looks he looks like something out of um, Con Air. Yeah. You, like. you know, just a dirty sort of ratty sort of fuck you over stab you in the back type yeah. of character yeah he's just he's good at being a shit there are some characters who are just good and it's just like the guy i think it's teabag in prison break yeah. he's all through that he's horrible but you like him even though he mm-hmm. double crosses everyone and gets people killed for his own gain you just like him and joey pence is just that character who 
you like to see him in something because you know what you're getting because he does it well. Yeah. The the scene with the Oracle, as you explained earlier, the Oracle isn't a person. It's an old computer program in the Matrix. I'm saying that like I know it. I've just learned that from you. <laughs> I had no idea about that beforehand. I thought she was an old lady who was really cute, who cooked cookies, who knew stuff that other people didn't know. But And thankfully, she's going to tell Neo if he's the one or not. Mm. And it's just as well that Morpheus, after the meeting, says, I mean, we'll talk about the meeting now, but what you heard is for you and for you only. Otherwise, it would have pissed on his strawberries completely. But would have done. In a roundabout way, thick people, me, clever people, you who <laughs> understand this. Right, go on. In a subtle way, does she tell Morpheus that he is the one by telling him that he's not the one? Or am I reading too much into this? Well, you told more. She's told Morpheus that she, he will find the one, but hasn't said who. So right. he's found. It goes into this in different films, but apparently he's found numerous people that he's taken to the Oracle and said, "I found the one." Right. Now, because. You go in there and there's all those children, isn't there? Which are yeah. doing these amazing tricks and stuff like that. With, yeah, bending with spoons and blocks and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're also sort of people that could be seen as special ones, if you like. But yeah. Neo goes and sees her and he needs to figure it out for himself. And that if he if she turned around and said to him, you're the one, he would have just said, oh, well, that's fantastic. And just not, you can, you can imagine it's that catalyst of saying, oh yeah, you can do that. That's no problem, mate. Don't worry about it. And then yeah. you go, oh, that's fine. You know, don't, I won't have to worry about stuff if you see what I mean. Yeah. And so it's that catalyst of saying, you're not the one, mate. I'm really sorry. You know, I'm sorry to break it to you and all this sort of stuff. And that's sort of took the pressure off him. Because then right. he's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not special. I'm not that that guy at all, so, so to speak. And it is opens he his the mind. One? Is he? The, is he? Yeah, he is. He is the one. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. I, I wish you'd have just gone in there and just said, don't make a big deal out of it. Don't say anything. <laughs> but you are the one. Keep this between us. Go out there, poke a face, and that's it. Yeah. No, that's all no. I needed because. I always thought he wasn't the one. Today I, I looked at it and he is the one, but she's not mm. telling him. And then, then I thought, am I just kidding myself and trying to be smart and sitting there being smug, thinking I am smart that I actually got this scene? When deep down I thought, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether I did. <laughs> well, basically, she tells him she tells him the truth, doesn't she, about the fact that one by the end of the day, either he or Morpheus is going to die. Yeah. And he's not the one. So basically, and she says, you've got a choice if it's going to be you or if it's going to be him. Now, she knows that if he does what he does do, that it's going to cause a potential catalyst of him becoming the one, especially because she's, spoilers for later on, she's already told Trinity that you're going to fall in love with the, the special one. Yeah. So it all 
comes to pass because earlier on in the film he says do you believe morpheus says to neo do you believe in fate and he turns around no i don't believe in it because i don't like the fact that anyone's in control of my future but in an actual fact the person that is in control of his future is the oracle yeah i mean i'd like morpheus to turn around and say do you believe in life after love With a voice, a slight voice synth to it as well. (laughs) It's play. That would have really broken the ice. (laughs) Would it have? (laughs) Good old chair. Um, So they kind of. So he goes away with that message. Am I or aren't I? I really don't know. And that's when it really leads to the first major action scene in this film, which is just so good where the agents know they're there. They're walking up the flight stairs. They're all going back. You've got Tank back in the Ebenezer who's waiting to bring the whole group back. And if everyone remembers that you've got Cypher, who has totally stitched up the rest of the team. And unsurprisingly, the first one to bite the dust is Mouse. You've got Tank. And it's funny because when you watch this with the volume off, mm-hmm. um, like we're doing now for these podcasts, and... When there's a, a glitch in the matrix, when they're walking up the stairs, you've got Tank looking at the monitors. Yeah. And th- when Tank notices that there's something quite strange in the matrix, without the sound, it looks like he's let one go and he's smelling his own fart. Because <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face is really strange. If you watch that scene when he first notices that there's something wrong with the matrix, oh, it does look crazy. like. He's let a sly one go. Oh, yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> cool. Not like me, I hope, brand, that, hell. I hope that goes before I bring everyone back from the Matrix. <laughs> They're going to blame me. <laughs> yeah. Shit me. Open the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's only one toilet on the Ebenezer and tanks wrecked it. So. <laughs> oh, fantastic. But they walk up the stairs. Again, very quotable. You see that cat and there's a glitch in the Matrix because there's a deja vu which means mm-hmm. the agents are there. A mouse, so token gesture, picks up these two machine guns and points it at the ceiling. And he's not big enough to be able to carry these guns. No, no. And they, they shoot him and, you, and he gets killed because if you die in the Matrix, you die in real life, which is a real concern because they're being chased by all of these agents. And it leads them to the bathroom scene, which is really, really good, where they've got Tank looking at the schematics of the building they're in and they're being pursued by the agents. And it's great being a computer program that the agents can take the the shape of the police who are, they can morph into the police. And that is such a good idea, isn't it? Yeah, because they can morph into anyone that's in the Matrix, basically. So any, because they're all, all these people, even the police and stuff, are humans, which yeah, well, obviously, you know, not there but they are in mind only but yeah so basically they can take over any anyone in there but it is a fantastic idea isn't it because it it's almost like you can't escape them no obviously they do in a certain sense in certain scenes where they're able to sort of get out of sight if you like but yeah yeah if they know roughly where they are if they know where they are they can just literally turn into somebody else like you say which is a fantastic idea and extremely scary isn't it the fact that you think you're right and then all of a sudden there's an agent which no one's ever been able to stop 
Yeah, it is so clever. And I take it the agents are the equivalent of like a Norton virus control. That the <laughs> that no, is they're, that they're good. Is that right? Well, they are basically yeah. They're there to weed weed out the bad stuff. Yeah. Which is why they can take the shape of other people in there because they're they're the main players being like the viruses or the the virus control of the programs. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Skills. Well done. Thanking you. Round of applause for me. Yes. (laughs) You deserve it. I bloody did deserve that one because I got something right. So. (laughs) And. When they go behind the walls and the police are looking for them and they're all climbing down those plasterboards and you've got Cypher. It did Cypher, when he kind of coughs and sneezes, bearing in mind he's made a deal with like the agents, does he do that on purpose to give their position away or was that by accident? I think it was by accident. I think it was by accident because I think, you know, he's hoping they're going to get them. He doesn't want to give himself away, does he? And the fact no. he does get dust kicked right in his face doesn't he so yeah i, I wasn't too sure i think it's accidental the cynical side of me mm. knowing who he is uh, didn't know whether he did it um on purpose but it's great uh, again it looks really good when they're sliding down those plaster walls and from the inside and you see the outside with the tiles coming off and morpheus sacrifices himself um, for Agent Smith for the sake of Neo being able to escape because he believes still that he's the one and it's a, it's not a bad fight in the confined space of a bathroom but Morpheus gets his ass handed to him by Agent Smith doesn't he oh he does there's certain moments where you think oh you know he's doing all right and then Agent Smith just turns it up doesn't he a couple of notches and just kicks his ass you know he's sort of holding his own for a little bit poor Morpheus and then, no, no chance. Smith has his number all day long, doesn't he? Oh, without a doubt. And again, I love the dialogue between both of them. And I love mm. the way when you've got Agent Smith laying on the floor and he punches the floor so he can stand up. Yeah. It's, it, it's so good. It's so unbelievable. I'd be trying that for years <laughs> before, <laughs> before I realised you couldn't do that. But it looks just so good uh, uh, the choreography is brilliant the yeah. speed it's not speeded up for the sake of trying to make right. it more kind of realistic it's just done so well again with wire work up and down the walls it's it's just great and smith as you said mate he just kicks his ass and he leaves him to the rest of the yeah uh, like the riot police to come in with their batons and just smash the, Beat the crack fuck out of him don't they so, Jesus yeah Christ. They really do. And you you kind of realise that something's wrong when you've got Joey Pants who token gesture runs away and he does his falling over. Ah! And, and obviously he's in on it. And he calls Tank and says, look, there was an accident and like, something's happened. Can you get me a phone? So what he's doing, he's directing himself out of yes. um, the Matrix first, back on the Ebuchadnezzar. And we realise that he shoots. I mean, Dozer's not had any part in it. Tank's brother, Dozer, has done nothing, has he? I mean, he no. got the, the shit hard out of this. He did. It was because him and Tank and Dozer aren't from the Matrix, so they no. were born. They were born outside of the Matrix, all natural, if you like. Mm. Um, so they can't go in and out. But yeah, 
Dozer, no real pilot at all, is there? Apart from talking about the food at one point, he doesn't do anything else apart from get shot. Yeah, I mean, even Mouse had more to say than he did. I mean, Apoc, he had more to say, and even Switch. I mean, he really did get dealt uh, a shitty card there. But <laughs> he did, didn't he? Bless him. Yeah. But you've got Joey Pence goes back and the first person he kills is Dozer. Then he shoots Tank and you think that he's got ultimate control. I mean, he's in the Matrix. Sorry, he's out of the Matrix and he can yeah. pull those tubes out of their heads and in doing so, kill them um, in real life, killing them in the Matrix as well. And it's it's quite kind of sad in a way because you learn that APOC and Switch are a couple and he kills Apoc first, and then he goes oh. and kills Switch. And they, she kind of says, like, I don't want to go like this. Isn't the way I should have gone because yeah. she's a soldier, isn't she? And yeah. she does deserve better than that. And you learn that Cypher, that's the rat, the snake that he is, used to fancy um, Trinity. Uh, Trinity, yeah. And that, that obviously there was nothing back because he's a snake and who, she's not going to go anywhere near him, Jesus. No. And but I'm surprised he doesn't sexually assault her. To be honest, I'm really surprised. I was surprised. expecting, I was expecting a booby feel at the very least, but yeah, he didn't. He didn't, which was a good thing. Let's be fair. But it would have put his character even more up there, wouldn't it, as a nasty piece of work? If he just yeah, to feel. But. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't go there. But I suppose mm. it, it didn't really. I suppose the fact that he's killing people, he's murdering friends in, in cold blood randomly. That they didn't need to, I suppose, raise Yanti that much. But no. it's amazing that she didn't, he didn't kill her. It's lucky that he didn't kill her. And that he goes for Neo because he's already believes that Morpheus is going to be tortured and because they're going to find Zion. And that's when he gets his deal as well because he wants to go into the Matrix, isn't he? He wants a life of yeah. luxury and riches in the Matrix, which is bizarre, isn't it? Well, yeah, I think he wants to be reconnected to the Matrix so and not remember anything because he'd rather live a fantasy than eating gruel and being told what to do by Morpheus. And, you know, he basically just feels like he's been lied to, doesn't he? Yeah. And it's all a load of shit and he'd rather just live that world. But I don't think he would have ever got that deal anyway. I don't no. think he'd, I think they would just top killed him off. I don't think they would have put him back in at all. No, so, I think you're spot on. Yeah, yeah. I think he's living a pipe dream. But I think the problem he has in this cipher, or Joe Pants as you like to call him, yeah. is he's got that complex of fucking talking too much. And, yes. And that's why he gets out undone in the end, doesn't he? By He gets shot by Tank. He thinks he's killed, but he doesn't kill him. So he yeah. then gets killed himself, doesn't he, with the electric gun, which I guess they use on the Sentinels and stuff like that. But it is that whole sort of, if he'd just cut that short by about three minutes, he would have got away with it. Yeah, and because the, the, he gives such a speech about killing Neo and the power he's got, has doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, he does. He just goes on and on and on and on. And it's, it's, it's good, but you just could tell, couldn't you, like you're going on too long, mate. It's like those supervillains always telling everyone what they're going to do <laughs> and then yeah. trapping them in a room with yeah. no, you know, no one watching them. It's, you know. Yeah, and leaving goons with him who've got no name badge and <laughs> no talking part. 
<laughs> and the actual yeah. main baddie leaves the headquarters to go somewhere else, but yeah. leaving he's dead, even though they haven't seen it. <laughs> you don't even have the name badge. Just fall over. Just go on. <laughs> that is a brilliant line. I love <laughs> that. It's hours. You don't. So good. <laughs> I like the fact in this that when you've got Agent Smith, and again, his dialogue is so quotable he's so interesting to listen to because of what he says and the way he says it it's i I just i love this guy i could listen to him all day and he really loses the plot when he's torturing him it looks like they they've got kind of like a set routine as in how they get information out of people yeah. Um, bearing in mind they're like the computer program kind of the head of it that that he goes above and beyond and even his colleagues are like are shocked at the level of violence and aggression and frustration that he goes through trying to break neo doesn't he oh morpheus yeah yeah he's, he's sorry morpheus sorry yeah, yeah. no 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 it's, he's just because they put some stuff in and then it looks like mercury or something but i don't know what it is they inject him with that and they, they turn around and say why isn't it working you know it, morpheus is strong enough to sort of withstand it for a long time compared to most people that they probably do this to probably far more than most but yeah he's so incensed isn't he agent smith can you hear me morpheus i'm going to be honest with you i this place this zoo this prison this reality whatever you want to call it I can't stand it any longer there is such a thing I feel saturated by it I can taste your stink he's He's like a the police in it, the managing of the program. Why is he so sick of it, and what is he sick of? I think he's just sick of humans. He just doesn't like them. He like it, it, it sort of it, it again. His character develops in his hatred and the arc of him and stuff like that in the next two films. But he just he's been doing this for probably a good hundred, two hundred years because this is set in quite a way into the future so it's i think he's just fed up with it he's sort of i don't know if his programming's gone wrong i'd have to re-watch the other ones again but he's basically just fed up with doing this right and yeah. he just he doesn't want anything to do with humans he thinks they stink they're just vile creatures and doesn't want to deal with them anymore and basically yeah. wants to be free to roam and do what he wants basically yeah, because he does uh, he does talk to him about mammals, doesn't he? And about yeah. mammals on the planet, and they kind of uh, they destroy everything. And he goes, "You're similar to a, a virus, as in you destroy everything." And yeah, and he, yeah. he looks at him with such hatred and disdain. Yeah. It's brilliant, and and again, it's it's just such good acting. It's really mm. good. The, the way Morpheus looks broken, he really does, and the the look of glee on agent smith's face of that ultimate control you're in pain and he knows or he believes he's going to get those codes so he can find out where zion is 
yeah. and take down Zion. And the the only choice they've got is either pull the plug on Morpheus or go and rescue him. And and it's great because it it leads to a scene which is just brilliant, which starts off with Neo saying, "Right, we're going to go and rescue him." and trinity goes with him he goes we need guns lots of them <laughs> and instantly they're in this armory which is just so big and they're picking these guns up and then it leads to the scene of when they go into like the main reception building of the headquarters of where all the agents are where they're holding morpheus and they're dressed in black. They they look. I just watch this, and every time I watch this, I smile because it's just so badass. The way they go through those metal detectors and they go off, and he says, "Right, put everything metal you've got oh, in a tray." And he lifts his coat, and he's got umpteen machine guns and <laughs> yeah. handguns, and and they're calling for backup. And the wire work, the choreography, the the, the, the kind of scenery exploding as it the mm. impact of the bullets and this was the first time i think i mean correct me if i'm wrong anyone that you actually saw bullets from like the shells from a gun falling from the floor demonstrating of just how many like shots are being fired and how chaotic and it just looks so cool doesn't it there's oh, no it other word for it no it does look fantastic i think the only film that i can think of is uh hot shots part two <laughs> where he's stood in all the bullet shots. <laughs> oh, where is Rambo? Yeah. <laughs> it takes a great man to compare these two. <laughs> but the music, as you pointed out earlier, whilst this is going on, is just banging, isn't it? It oh, really is. So good. So I think good. the Chemical Brothers did a lot of the music to this as well, I think, didn't they? Yeah, there's there's loads of really big acts that did the music for this. It, all they you know asked to use their music is just fantastic. Uh, if you actually get the soundtrack for this on you know whichever um, music people you like to use, it's actually fantastic. Do you know just I never I've not done that. I'm, I'll have to do that. It's yeah, yeah, honestly, it's brilliant. It really is. And again. They both look so cool and so goth in their black long trench coats and PVC. And they're just flying around everywhere. And when Trinity walks by that guy, puts her leg up and kicks the shotgun backwards out of him and takes him out with a shotgun. You've got Neo doing cartwheels, picking up machine guns, taking people out. It just, again, it's groundbreaking. This had never been done before. It just looks now. This has not dated a single bit at all to, no. and, it, and i don't think there's other scenes that are originally, originally is like groundbreaking as this since no, this film definitely. yeah it's fucking excellent that's the only way i can describe it well it is isn't it because you you get action scenes and you get you know certain films that they have really good fight scenes and stuff like that but this like you say you know cartwheeling picking up guns running along the walls and all the other really cool stuff like you said about trinity and the shotgun i can't think of another film like it i really can't no and i think what makes it good also is that they don't talk to each other no there's just the music playing and they're just taking out bad guys there, there isn't any music which they're not shouting out cover me the one behind you or anything like that like they do no. in all these other films no. it's just i'm gonna kill everyone 
and regardless of age regardless of uniform or what side i'm just going to kill you because if you're not in the matrix if you're not one of us then you're dead and yeah. i love it and obviously agent smith doesn't know that this is happening because he's taken his earpiece out which all the agents wear because he's too busy torturing uh <laughs> morpheus and getting his kicks off doing that enjoying his work too much yeah he is <laughs> he's enjoying it a lot and again you get a lovely bum shot of um carrier mm-hmm. moss when they're in that lift and they drop the lift with a bomb in it and again it explodes that's dated a bit when you see that, that yeah. lift door bending round that's one of the I say one of the only things that really, really stands out as kind of dating at all. But yeah. apart from that, I mean, seeing a bum makes up for it. It's just awesome. And again, you you see when they're on the roof and they're taking out all of these guards, that the guard in the helicopter, the way their faces kind of morph into one of the agents of where they know they are. And that's when you get the famous scene with uh neo where he bends down and it, again it's another scene that's, that other films have taken the piss out of yes of where he yes. dodges those bullets and it, again i don't think i ever saw something like this before this was on the screen with someone the way the movement's done that it's done so well and the way you got the bullets flying through the air and you can see like the trajectory of the bullets as they whiz past neo it for me it still stands up which is amazing. Oh, definitely. Really. Uh, definitely. I think this film, and I'm not a massive advocate for it, but it's one of those films that if the technology was around, would have been fantastic in 3D. Yeah. Because the bullets coming out and stuff like that, and his, it would have been fantastic. But even now, watching that back, like you say, you don't, you, other than films trying to either emulate or take the piss out of it, You've never seen anything as good as that. And it's the whole surprise thing, isn't it, as well? The fact that he's starting to realise that he's made this choice where he won't let Morpheus die. So he's going to rescue him. So therefore he can do these things. Yeah. And and I think... Sorry, mate, go on. No, go on. No, no, no. I was going to say, I think the the Matrix is the reference point where anything else they do similar, you're always going to go back to... Oh, that's just like they did in the matrix yes and the way they exaggerate stuff and i love the the stylish look of this film mm. even when to, to someone being shot in the head when carrie Ann moss when minio is about to get shot and you've got the agent with a gun right in his face and she puts the gun right to the temple of the agent and says right dodge this yeah fantastic. and she shoots him and you get that side view of the agent flying through the air again it's all exaggerated movements Mm. But it looks so good. It really, really does. It is. It's, it's just... the whole slow it down, isn't it? Because it's, yeah. it's interesting how they did it in the sense, like you said, they didn't speed up the fight scenes. But what they did is add the special effects of making their limbs. They slowed it down, but made their limbs look really fast. Yeah. They? And the same with that when he's doing the whole bend backwards to dodge the bullets. But the special effects, and the, it's also, it's just fantastic. Yeah, Whoever it, it, came up with the special effects for this is a bloody genius. Oh, 100%. The idea, I mean, this was in the making five years in in the mm-hmm. making with regards to, to planning this. And some of the scenes, like the helicopter scene, that took weeks and weeks uh, to actually do. When you think you watch it and it takes like 
20 seconds to watch that whole scene and it's done just yeah. months to actually get it done i mean the opening action scene took six months of training and yeah. uh, four days of shooting score I mean, just things like that 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 actually happen that you just take for granted well, i certainly do take for granted and again when you look at the budget of this 63 i mean estimated 63 million and it took which i think it's got to be more now with internet sales um and you can buy them online 466 million oh, jesus i mean is that it, what it made yeah 60 yeah. odd million it grows <laughs> worldwide yeah it's That's fantastic it is just absolutely amazing and i'm sure if, if we looked which i must admit you can go to indb and look now but um the uh the awards it won it must have won a hell of a lot of awards especially for the special effects which i should imagine it did i would imagine so yeah but the scene again everything is like in x in like in excess where he's in that helicopter and you've got the room where morpheus is being tortured and how the fuck morpheus doesn't get shot he's got a gatling gun from the side of a helicopter yeah and you've got all of those bullets flying everywhere and he doesn't get shot he's got no control over what he's doing is he neo at this time yeah, no, he's shooting that minigun off, isn't he? And he's just freaking going mental with it. And there's no way on earth. Because I, I sat there today and go, there's no way you wouldn't have shot him. There's no, no. There's no fucking way you wouldn't have caught at least about 100 bullets in the legs. Yeah. Um, at the very least, you know. So, Fair unfortunately, that lets this down a little bit. I have to be honest. But yeah. it's still an amazing scene. Oh, yeah. And we, we watch it... Uh to be critical and we kind of pick up on pointless things like that but that's the <laughs> only thing that i said today to the missus i was like there's no way when he's just blasting the whole crap out of that room that yeah. neo didn't um morpheus didn't take at least a couple in the legs and Definitely. but he breaks those chains those handcuffs um and he runs and jumps with the assistance of uh neo they get away in quite a spectacular helicopter stunt where two people are being held by this rope on the helicopter which is being flown by Trinity and you do get the token just to Warner Brothers logo of they fly you over do. don't they you do <laughs> gotta get that in You've, yeah there's nothing wrong with plugging yourself <laughs> is there at the end of the day when you do that but it kind of leads to a scene where, which gets everyone wet and hard that the helicopter's crashing and they drop I mean when they dropped uh, Morpheus from the helicopter uh, a supposedly safe height it looked about 30 foot in the air. I mean, he would have <laughs> broke both ankles when he landed, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I suppose he knows how to land in the Matrix. Exactly. As long as it's not a ridiculous No, no exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and the, the helicopter scene just it is brilliant, isn't it? It's so good when Trinity's in a helicopter and the way it hits that building and you mm. get that glass ripple, then it explodes and you've got Trinity on that rope coming away from the building. And that's when they realise that Neo's special. And do they think that? Because he's saved, because he didn't hold the way of the helicopter. Because even Tank saying, I knew it. What is he referring to when he says that? Uh, I think it is the fact that he's sort of stopped her. And then he's literally just pulling her up, isn't he? Effortlessly just bringing her up on that yeah. rope. You know, right. and he's doing, you know, he's he's stopped her from falling 
I mean, he's lucky that she shot the wire, because, yeah, otherwise, if it was the helicopter, I'm sure it would have been <laughs> dragged off the building and it would have been a different ending. That would have been but, interesting. <laughs> you stupid cow! <laughs> yeah, shoot the fucking wires! What are you doing? <laughs> but, yeah, it's that whole thing, isn't but, it? Yeah, so he's gone in there, he's dodged bullets, he's, you know, done all these weird and wonderful things, and... You know, so yeah, I think they're all sort of like Jesus Christ. We've never seen anyone do anything like this. It's just, you know, yeah. And he's realizing himself, isn't he, that he's 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 limitless in a sense, or he's starting to become limitless in in a, in a way. Yeah, and even when Morpheus walks up to him and he says about the oracle, the oracle, sorry, and he says, well, about choosing uh, the path and walking the path, he. He's always got a really cool, wise line to say yeah. in this, isn't he? He's so badass in this. I love Morpheus. And the script is just so good. I can't imagine. Can you imagine Samuel L. Jackson walking no. the motherfucking path or something? No, like no, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I like Samuel, but my he's done so many shit films now, hasn't he? And oh, yeah. Shitty little parts. I just... I, He's, oh, he's got his he's place, down, Samuel Jackson, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. He's got his place, and but it, it isn't in films like this. I mean, no. it, it, same as Nicolas Cage as well. He's got his place, but it's not in this. So, no. but they do escape in a like a subway. That's where Tank finds a place for them to escape, and obviously Morpheus gets away first. And just as um, Trinity's going to escape, you've got some tramp, and as we said earlier, the agents can transform into anyone else in the Matrix having ultimate control. And she realises that Agent Smith is there, but it's too late because the phone that she's using does get shot. And it leads to, rather than running, which he's been advised to, every time you meet an agent, he decides to turn around and face him. Tell me, uh, without ejaculation, what you thought of this fight between the finally they've met, the the two masters, uh, Agent Smith, and Neo, what do you think of the fight? Oh, it's a fantastic fight, isn't it? Let's be fair. I, I love the fact that he looks, doesn't he? He looks at the stairs and thinks, shit, can I run? And then he says, no, it's fuck this. I'm not running anywhere. No, yeah. Thank you. And it's, it's just that brilliant moment, isn't it, in the film going, yes, you know. But it, it's, it's brilliant. It's quite funny, this fight, in a sense, like when they're shooting each other and they're both running out of bullets at the same time. And yeah. You know, the choreography is fantastic. What a fight it is. Yeah. I can't help but have an orgasm over it, to be honest, because there's so many special effects. Yeah. In the choreography, it just, there's nothing bad about this fight, is there? In my opinion. No. I don't know if you have a different opinion. No, not at all. I mean, they start off with kind of like gun foo when they're flying through the air, firing their bullets. You say they're matching each other at the moment. They've both got the guns in the temple. They've run out of bullets. And, yeah. They go through so many different styles or appear to of like karate and kung fu. And one's getting on top, then the other's getting on top. I mean, Agent Smith is suddenly winning and it looks like that Neo's way out of his depth. Mm. And then Neo starts to come back and really kick his ass. And it's just brilliant. It's so entertaining. You end up watching it and you find yourself smiling, don't you? Yeah, you do, because it's just enjoyable. And like you say, Agent Smith's got him on the ropes at one point, hasn't he? He's like, yeah, you know, he's he has beaten him. That scene where he's just punched him really fast in the stomach, and 
it goes back to the Ebenezer and he's just um, Neo's just jolting around on the bed isn't yeah. he? where he's being beaten the fuck out of and he's spitting that blood and Agent Smith's so cocky that he strangles him on and chokes him on the train track doesn't he yeah and again another amazing line you hear that Mr. Anderson that is the sound of inevitability What a line that is. Exactly. It's the sound of your death. It's yeah. It's just so, yeah. And it's delivery, isn't it? You, yeah. No one else can deliver a line as he's got no excitement in his voice as to what he's done. It's no. just matter of fact. And that's, as we said earlier, that's why it's so sinister and so brilliant mm. and genius the way Hugo even uh, delivers these lines and the way Neo gets out of it. It's just fucking awesome. He backflips off the train line and the train <laughs> hits him. And again, you think the agent's dead, but he isn't. He can just take form. I take it that he took form of the train driver, did he? Yeah, because they must have taken that and then slammed the anchors on. Because then he comes back out the door, doesn't he? He probably takes the form of the train driver and then takes the form of a passenger because he's out of the train really quick, isn't he? Yeah. So um, he's just morphing and killing people, you know. Yeah, and by this time, he, he does the right thing. He he does run because yeah. it's just never going to end. And it, and it's a, a good foot chase and it's kind of holding his own to a certain extent, despite the fact that they keep morphing into different characters. Mm. And what kind of ups the ante is that the Sentinels, which are out of the Matrix, those massive things that look like octopuses that or spiders that, mm. that are attacking the Ebenezer. So time's against both parties because they need to pull the plug on Neo before their ship gets destroyed. But obviously now believing or, or knowing that Neo's the one, they can't do that because they'll be killing the one. And he's in the Matrix trying to survive with time against him and he's fighting for his life. And I really, really didn't expect when I first watched this, when he goes into the building, they've located the phone, Tank's telling him where to go. Yeah. And when he gets shot by Agent Smith, not just once, but multiple times. Yeah. And he is dead because the heart monitor on the Ebenezer just goes. I honestly thought, where is it going to go from here? Yeah. I, why? Yes. Now, I guess this is probably my biggest issue with this film, to be honest, in the sense of... Because she's just talking to a corpse. Mm. And says, I love you, because that's what the Oracle said, that I'd fall in love with the one. And then all yeah. of a sudden, he's alive again, which I guess, I don't know, is there a time between dying in the Matrix and you die in real life? Or is, I don't know, I don't quite understand how that no. would work. And it's, no, because EKG's gone flat, he's, he's dead. Yeah. Uh, exactly. you know, I don't understand if he's that no. powerful that he can communicate or hear in and outside the Matrix. I honestly don't get it. But yeah, if that was explained more, that would have been useful. But I suppose yes. he didn't even know at the time as to how that happened. So I, I suppose it it would have been a bit weird. I mean, is that explained in later films, is it, or not really? 
no, not really. I mean, he can, but from, you know, he, I think he can start hearing in and out of the Matrix because, like, when she shouts at him, doesn't she, while he's yeah. in the bed, he, he sort of realises what's going on and stuff like that. So maybe he had to die to have this connection. In the he had to die in the matrix to have mm. this connection. Maybe that's what it is, but yeah. maybe it is. I can't recall it being explained in the other films, yeah. to be honest. But I'd like to. Pro- I will have to watch them anyway. Cause I yeah, don't... I think I will as well to go and see. I wonder because we have intelligent conversations in our house, and I'm sure you do in your house. Mm. And we were talking. If you let one go in the matrix, would you <laughs> let one go on the Ebenezer? <laughs> I guess you would, yeah. Yeah. That could be That's quite weird, embarrassing. That's weird, though, isn't it? Because if you went off and decided to have a cheeky wank, yeah. would you start wanking one off? Yeah. Just flop it out and start tugging on it? I know. It would be quite funny. You'd just forget, <laughs> wouldn't you? You just wouldn't realise. Just come yeah. back and everyone's looking at you really like, fucking hell, really? Yeah. Like yeah, what? You... <laughs> Covered in jizz. No, I didn't. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> evidence all over your clothes mate oh, it's so Shit. funny my bad <laughs> so, yeah we have good conversations in our house so yeah, yeah. I, I like that one brilliant I like that one. But, so he is dead and as you said Tr- uh, trinity is uh, come back i love you and you're not dead and get up and he does get up and the look on the agent's faces that they cannot believe he's got up and they all shoot him simultaneously and again it was another first his bullets fly down you see them flying through the air you see the path they're flying and neo stops every single bullet and picks one up and the agents just don't know what's going on and for the first time that thanks for our benefit or especially my benefit when i say that 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 you get the pov from neo and he can yeah. see them make aren't you for the first time yeah he sees them as a code rather than you know how we see it yeah how everybody else sees it but yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? Because he just turns around and says no, and then just stops all the bullets, doesn't he? Dead. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And then Agent Smith just goes for him and gets his ass kicked one-handed. That's it's brilliant. Such yeah. a good scene. The one-handed way where he's not even looking yeah. at Agent Smith is yeah. brilliant. He may as well have like a cup of tea in his other hand. <laughs> Whilst he's, whilst he's blocking all the bunches because it's just yeah. that ineffective. Yeah, and again, and he, then, what, he runs because then they have a face off and he runs into Agent Smith. Yeah. Does it? Does he run into him because he sees him as a program and due to that, that he can destroy him because he's a stronger program? Is that what's happening? Uh, basically, he's, he knows he's figured out how to manipulate the matrix completely now because he can see it as a code and obviously he's a hacker in in the matrix isn't he so i guess he's sort of it's all piecing itself together so rather than just keep having a fight he's just decided to uh, go inside him and blow him up from the inside it's it's just so good it just looks brilliant and i did not expect that the first time i saw this i really didn't expect that to happen no, but it's and, it's a great opener for the next film in the sense it really it goes into it more because obviously you think that's the end of Agent Smith, don't you? Yeah. You think, oh, he's he's gone, but then he comes back, and the whole point is this act of him doing that set him free from his usual programming. Oh, okay. Of, it broke him. 
so that's, that's maybe more dangerous then yes basically all oh, right i've really you know watching this i really really want to watch the second one now and th- i probably get to the third one i think that jesus is a reason why i don't watch these ones but <laughs> it, it does get me excited it's like when i listen to other podcasts and they're talking yeah. about these are other weird and wonderful films or films that I haven't seen for ages and yeah. I just think I'm going to stop listening to this podcast and watch this film and re-listen to it so again if yeah. if you will be quite into this now but if anyone hasn't seen The Matrix it's on Netflix at the moment it's sadly just got on there and watch it and listen to this podcast it, it's such a good film and it ends with Neo being uh, the master the leader the, the one and he's the one making the phone call and he's the one reaching out to other people about the matrix at the end of it isn't he yeah so he comes back doesn't he, he goes back to the ebikineser just in time so they can use the emp and it kills all the um uh whatever they're called sentinels, oh, sentinels thank you and um yeah and then the next thing is yeah he's on the phone to obviously the computers somehow via the matrix and sort of yeah. explaining to them that you know i'm here i'm going to try and set these people free but he doesn't threaten them he sort of says you know he understands that they are living creatures now with their own you know intelligence and stuff like that and he doesn't he sort of says it's it's in your corner yeah you know it's almost <laughs> like you know i'm willing to let you live but you know you've got to stop using the people like you are in a sense that's it's a good I speech I, you know, yeah. I got fuck all from it to be honest i didn't really understand <laughs> it i just thought that sounds really cool <laughs> that is all i thought and uh that was it and then after that he flies through the air like iron man but not as good and that and then i totally forgot about the speech and then i just play um rage against the machine and that was Which it really so good. But, i love rage against the machine such a good song it's just but yeah that is the matrix and that is just such a good film. I mean, we, we kind of haven't gone into overkill because no. there is so much to, that you can really pick the bones out of this film, couldn't you? You could almost write a thesis on it if you were a university. It's that in depth. Oh, definitely. Definitely. There's so many different angles and everything. You're completely right. You could talk about this for hours, really, if you really wanted to get into the nitty gritty of it. It could probably take up about a week's worth of podcasts if, yeah. you, um, if you really wanted to get into it. Yeah, it definitely would do, which I'm really not prepared to do. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, that will be well in depth. But it, it is a, a really good film. I mean, I, I, I'll kind of go and score this. I mean, I can't, I'd be really picking like bones out of it, trying mm-hmm. to find bad bits, because for me, there aren't any bad bits. I really, really like this film. It's I've watched this three times in the last about five days and I, I love it. Every time I watch it, I get a buzz from all the fight scenes and yeah. it excites me how stylish they look and the, how quotable it is. Still, I still get excited. The fact that I know the lines and I can say the lines along with them and it's just brilliant. And I, I love this film so much and it inspired me to want to watch more films, to want to go and watch Kung Fu films when they do like the wire work. It was just brilliant. And the fact this opened the door to so many other films and inspired them as well. So it's just a brilliant film. I give it five out of five and there are no bad bits. It's just one brilliant ride, brilliant soundtrack, brilliant cinematography. And I love it, mate. Really good choice. 
Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you in a sense. I, I think, like you just said, soundtrack, fantastic cinematography, the way it's set. I like the fact that they chose at the end of the um, 21st century, you know, when, like they said, it was like the a pinnacle, if you like, then of the human race, mm. um, you know, and just the whole concept of it is fantastic. And um, the brothers, uh, the Wachowski brothers, they originally wanted to do this as a comic book. That's when it all first started as. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And it's obviously it developed from there and then they managed to sort of sell the script and stuff like that. But Warner Brothers didn't actually want them to direct it. They yeah. just wanted to sort of buy the scripts and stuff like that. But obviously they didn't give up the rights and they said, no, no, we're doing it. It's our, it's our baby, so to speak. And I'm so pleased they did because I think they've done this so much justice. It, like you said, there's nothing like it before. And there hasn't really been anything like it since. Um, I think I'd have to give it five out of five. It's one of my favourite films. I like the series, to be fair. I, I enjoy all three, but this is definitely the best one out of the three. Um, the only the only bad bit is probably the minigun bit out of the helicopter, where he's blatantly just throwing it around like a lunatic, and he doesn't hit Morpheus once. I suppose no. <laughs> that's my only tiny tiny thing that sort of lets it down in the sense of that but other than that no, i would i would recommend it to anybody to watch it's fantastic yeah completely agree mate completely agree and again if you're uh if you kind of listen to the last few podcasts you've learned that we are getting more and more organized uh, as we do this and we're not kind of making it up on the hop as we go along so <laughs> we've decided we've got a whole back catalog if you go onto youtube channel um we've got every single virtually every single podcast and with cobra kai if you haven't watched cobra kai season four is coming out very soon one two and three is on uh the youtube channel all the reviews along with the shield um there's just so much honestly there's the marvel series loki um one division falcon and winter soldier and loads of other things matrix rush hour check out the youtube channel it's the film real cast exactly the same as you find it when you go onto itunes and onto android as well so coming up in the next three weeks, we've got Brightburn, we've got Moneyball, and we've got The Island. We don't know what order we're doing them in yet, but those are the next three films that we've scheduled in uh, for the month of September. So there's really, really varied films. You've got The Horror of Brightburn, which I saw at the cinema, which came out of nowhere, which <laughs> I believe you haven't seen, which is, no. I really, really enjoyed. It's no, like, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's great. You've got Moneyball, which I haven't seen, with starring Brad Pitt, which is what Paul's um, chosen to do, which concerns me because it's not a film made in 1980. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of worried about where Paul's going because he, he's not thinking outside the box here. He's, he normally sticks to the 80s. And he you've does. chosen The Island, um, yeah. starring uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, and Ewan McGregor, which is another really weird film. So it's three really diverse films there um that we're going to do in the future and again as i say this is episode 163 which means there's shit loads there to yes, watch there and to listen to so that is it that is all we've got time for i mean it's been just about an hour and 40 minutes so i appreciate and i know you do mate mm. everyone who listens to this and again we say this every week and we say it because we mean it that it's getting bigger and bigger and already in was it six days we've had 15,000 downloads, which is 
incredible. So thank you to everyone. It's it's crazy, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's fantastic. We do say it quite a lot, and people have already saying shut up. But it, we do mean it. We do thank you, everyone, for tuning in and obviously telling other people about us so they yeah. can tune in and listen to us and hear our waffle that, you know, some of you are enjoying. Or maybe you sit there and take the piss out of us. Either way, we appreciate the fact that you tune in. And um, yeah. there you go. 100%. But we'll be back next week um, with either, as I say, the Island Moneyball or Brightburn. Thanks again. Look after yourselves and we'll be back next week. Thanks very much. Goodbye. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible.